0: Chapter 13, Max, Date Unknown. I don't know how long I've been in the darkness, but I'm surprised to feel myself being carried again. My leg drags over the ground, and I want so much to just lift them and walk by myself, but I can't bring my body to do anything I want. I hear my dad say, there's a house just across the football field. That's where we're going. We should be safe there for a few days. I only came across one other person, but I was forced to take him down. These people, they're so violent. It's like all normal human behavior has been ripped away from them and replaced with constant aggression. Sky, you haven't said a word since I got back. Are you okay? She sniffles in response. Are you talking about the blue house up ahead? Yeah. I begin to fade again, but I don't allow myself the pleasure. I feel the pavement beneath us change as we cross over what I assume to be a street or alleyway. It then switches over to grass. We go another few feet and my dad says, Go ahead and open the door. I already secured the house. Just open the door and then help me get him inside. I feel so helpless, so worthless. My body is brought up two steps and into the house. The air is cool and crisp inside, not like the humid, sticky hotness outside. My body begins to relax as I let the coolness take over. I feel myself being lowered onto a couch. A pillow is placed behind my head, my legs lifted onto the couch. Skylar asks, what do we do now? I begin to fade again, and no matter how hard I try, I can't control it this time. The darkness overcomes me. When I come back, I feel fully rested. I assume I'm in one of those halfway stages of consciousness. I've been stuck in, but decide to try to open my eyes anyway. I'm relieved when I feel them open. There's darkness, but not the type of darkness I've grown accustomed to. It's the type where the sun has gone down and the moon is the only light illuminating the room. I focus on trying to move my hands. I don't want to make any sudden movements, so I start with one finger. It's a success. I wiggle it around a few times to confirm my movement. I stare at the ceiling, wiggling my finger. I don't want to wait any longer. I use the force of my wiggling hand to bring myself up off my back to a sitting position. I hear Skylar suddenly jerk awake. Oh my God, Max, you're back. Thank God. I didn't realize she was sleeping in a chair right next to me. She shouts across the room. Keith, wake up. Max is awake. She comes closer and places her hand on my back as she kneels beside me. Max, you should probably lay back down. I look at her confused, trying to comprehend what has happened, and begin to feel myself becoming dizzy. My dad rushes over and gently pushes me back into a lying position. Whoa, whoa, not so fast. You can sit up, but not so sudden. You've been lying there for about eight hours now. Give yourself a minute to catch up. Through my cracking voice, I manage to say, I need something to drink. Skylar reaches for a bottle of water sitting on the table and takes off the lid. She helps lift my head slightly and pours a little bit of water into my mouth. I allow myself to savor the thirst-quenching relief of the water before swallowing. I mutter, thank you. I take another drink of the water to satisfy my thirst and then ask, What happened? My dad clears his throat as he begins. Well, Max, a lot did. He points to Skylar and says, Skylar and I had to drag your body about a half a mile to hide under a football bleacher. Then I had to leave her to find this house. Luckily, she was capable enough to wait with you and help you get here. But what happened before that? Why was I out so long? Buddy, you took a heck of a hit to the back of the head. I knew you were knocked out, but I honestly didn't know for how long or if you would even come back to us. Wait. As I begin to sit up, I feel for the knot on the back of my head. I think I remember. Oh, God, where's Wiley? I look at both of them, and their chins both drop to their chests. I repeat myself in a sterner voice. Tell me where he is. Another moment goes by before my dad clears his throat again. Max, you did everything you could. You nearly killed yourself trying to save him. There was nothing we could do. They took him. We were lucky to get away. Wait, they took him? He's still alive? And you didn't go back for him? I remember hearing her say we should go back for him. Why, this is all my fault. I turned to her and say desperately, Skylar, I'm so sorry and then turned to him, dad, we have to go back. Max, that would be a complete suicide mission to go back now, he says in a low mundane tone. We need to keep moving forward. That's what Wiley would have wanted. We have no idea of their intentions or capabilities, not to mention that none of us are in the best condition. My irritation grows and I can't sit here any longer. I push myself onto my feet and immediately get a head rush. I'm unstable and fall back down. The back of my head begins to throb and I wince as the sharp pain in my torso reminds me of my bruised ribs. I sit there for a minute listening to the thumping of my headache. I don't want to seem like a coward, but I can't even think straight with this pain. I ask, painkillers? My dad pushes a prescription medicine bottle across the table. Whoever lived here must have had surgery or something. Just take half of one for now to see how it affects you. I grab the bottle and examine the words on the side. DISP colon hydrocodone slash APAP 5 slash 500 milligrams. Generic for Vicodin 5 slash 500 milligrams. I think to myself, as I look at the name on the bottle, thank you very much, Meadows B. Skylar hands me the bottle of water she had helped me get a drink from, and with one swift drink, I swallow down my sweet relief. I'm happy to see that the pill bottle is almost full. I toss it back to my dad and say, we should probably borrow that just in case. He replies back, yep, that's what I was thinking. Never know when you'll hurt yourself again. He smirks a little and says, I'm surprised you didn't dent that railroad track you landed on. Hannah and I just told you that you need to learn to fall more gracefully. He turns and walks out of the room. I feel the back of my head again and my mind flashes to just earlier today, losing grip on his arm and falling. I must have landed on the set of railroad tracks parallel to the ones we had hopped over to escape. My stomach sinks and an immense feeling of failure courses through me knowing that I couldn't keep my grip and pull him through. I feel sick that I let Skylar down, and that I wasn't there for her. I flash back to the sound of her voice telling me to come back, that she needed me. A flush goes across my body as I remember the feeling of her lips placed against mine. Skylar's voice interrupts my thoughts. Are you okay? I hadn't even realized that I had raised my hand to my lips in remembrance of her kiss. I lower my hand, but the feeling of my fingertips lingers on my lips, or maybe that was the memory of her lips on mine. What if the memory of her lips was merely a figment of my imagination, like those of my childhood with my mother? My heart aches as I remember being so close to my mom and not being able to tell her how deeply I miss her. I manage to reply with a simple, yeah. I look at her face for the first time since I've awoken. Really look at her face. I see a broken girl with dirt gray skin and messy hair. She looks like she hasn't gotten any rest herself. I grow curious, so I ask her, What did you do while I was out? She looks away, fumbling with her fingers, searching for an answer. She doesn't look up, but admits cautiously, I couldn't uh, leave your side. I just had to keep hoping that you would wake up, and I wanted to be there when you did. I understand completely, but I don't know why she would choose this. I'm at a loss for words. I continue to examine her, and although she's almost facing away, I see a single tear roll across her cheek and fall into her lap. I'm reminded of the tear landing on my cheek in my memory of earlier. I place my fingertips on the spot to savor the feeling. I lower my hand from my cheek and reach out to place it on top of her delicate hand. She looks up at me slowly. Come here, I say. Her eyes glisten as she moves from the chair next to the couch, the one that she had been posted on for the day, to the seat beside me on the couch. I don't take my hands or eyes off of her as she moves. She sits down next to me without saying a word. I raise my arm to place it around her shoulders and pull her to me. She doesn't resist and lays her head on my shoulder. I take my other arm to pull her closer as I wrap my arms around her. It hurts to hold her like this, physically, because of how tender my side is. But I fight through and rest my cheek on top of her head and mutter the words. I'm sorry, I let you down. We sit there in silence for a while. I hear my dad fumbling with papers in the other room, but don't bother to check in on what he's doing. He seems more level-headed than I am at this moment. And right now, all I want to do is sit here with Skylar. I feel her arms go limp as she falls asleep, so I free my right arm to re- to recline the couch. The noise from the recliner prompts my dad to stop fumbling around and come back into the living room. He pauses in the doorway as he sees us. He walks over to the other couch and, without saying a word, grabs a fleece blanket. He walks over and covers us both up. My dad whispers, I don't think that girl has slept at all. Get some sleep. We'll regroup in the morning. He turns and walks back out of the room, and before a minute goes by, he's back to fumbling with papers again. I shut out his sounds and focus on Skylar's breathing, in and out, slow and steady. I find myself pleased that she was finally at ease enough to fall asleep in my arms. I don't want to let this moment go, but I can't help it as I'm being taken over, not only by exhaustion and pain, but pain medicine and also the rhythm of her breathing. I feel Skylar's arm move and tighten across my waist as she nestles in closer to me. I tilt my head to the side and give the top of her head a gentle kiss. I don't want to fade away. I want to stay.